We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. O2. Left side, that's through. Base hit. Knicks around third. Gordon's throw coming home is in time. He got him. Well, he's trying to run on a gold glove left fielder, and that was a terrific play by Alex Gordon. From Nick Capra's standpoint, it takes a perfect throw to get him, and Madrigal's cut down at the plate. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be close, especially right off the bat. Um, I, yeah, I knew he had a good arm and left. Um, gosh, it was just bang, bang play. Um, you know, Perez made a really good tag just right on the corner where I put my hand, and uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to get in there, but yeah, he made a really good tag, and it's just one of those plays. I mean, if, if the throw is a little bit up the line, just a tad more, you know, I'm probably safe. And, uh, I mean, that's the great part about baseball is bang, bang plays like that. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. That's Nick Madrigal. First game and an eventful first time around the big league bases. Reached base on an error and then out at home on the Larry Garcia single. Alex Gordon with a terrific arm. And there's uh, some stuff to review for Nick Madrigal from his his first time there. But um, seemed to fit in quite nicely. And uh, it's good to see him in the big leagues finally, Bruce. Yeah, well, finally, six six days into it. <laughs> so we'll talk about that as we uh, as you set up our next guest, right? Yeah, this uh, next guest joins us on the Alpamani Ford hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park. Director of Player Development for your Chicago White Sox, Chris Getz, nice enough to join Matt Spiegel and myself on Inside the Clubhouse this morning. Good morning, Chris, and... Uh, Oh, I think we dropped the line there. Okay, Chris, you got you with us? I, I'm with you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Good morning Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I guess I guess we'll we'll hit the White Sox in a moment, but uh, you know, just from your level of um, you know being the director of the player development and the minor leagues, and pretty much in charge of what's going on with uh, South Bend, along with Rick Hahn and um, Kenny Williams. Uh, your your thoughts about what we're hearing now uh, with the, the Cardinals, that game, uh, the Cardinals and Brewers have been canceled for tonight. And uh, just the, the general idea of uh, where we're at and hoping to be able to stay as baseball. Well, being uh, the position that I'm in and certainly a baseball fan, you know, I, I hope that we continue to, to be able to, you know, play a season. Um, you know, the, the phrase, uh, you know, day-to-day has never applied more than, than now, uh, day at a time. And, you know, I, I, when you wake up or, or you, read, you, know, when you read something or you get a text, um, you know, your heart, heart goes a little bit. Um, you know, in, in reading more about the Cardinals and more information now is coming in, it, it seems to be staff that have, um, you know, affected right now. Maybe uh, I'm sure there's probably more information as well. But it, it, 
disappointing to hear. Um, you know, on our end, you know, we, we still prepare for tonight's game against Kansas City on the major league side. And I'm in Schaumburg this morning uh, preparing our guys for what's in front of us today uh, in pre- preparation for, for tomorrow. And, and who knows what that brings. But, uh, you know, just like anything, you, you take what's given to you. Um, we've got a task at hand today, and, and we do it the best of our ability. And it's as simple as that. The news of the day, if anyone doesn't know, is that there are apparently more than five members of the Cardinals organization who have tested positive. Cardinals Brewers canceled again today. Not sure what their doubleheader tomorrow would be. Um, but but Chris Getz, so you're in Schaumburg, and it, it's been the assumption for most of us that if needed, MLB was ready to ask a certain team, maybe it'll be the Marlins, who knows, to go 20 deep into their into their satellite roster, into their Schomburg-esque roster. Like, to, okay, 20 guys are out, give us the next 20, and then give us the next 20 after that. Like, how have you prepared for this year, and have you thought about that? That, all right, might I at some point need to provide 20 players to Rick Renteria from this Schomburg bunch at some point, that kind of thing? Well, you know... Within the rules, you're, you're given a 60-man pool, and that was by design to, to prepare for, for situations like this. Now, you know, to, to everyone's defense, this certainly is an uncharted, uh, uncharted waters for everyone to go into season and uh, go against the pandemic. Um, so there, there's going to be some, some, some things that pop up from time to time that uh, some are manageable and some take a little bit more creative creativity than others. Um, you know, it's, it's my job to, to prepare these guys here in Schaumburg for, for what may be asked. If that means it's, a, it's a, a wave of 10 players that need to be inserted on our major league club, uh, we try to prepare these guys for that. Um, you know, we've got certain arms throwing today, uh, position players getting their at-bats and their work in, uh, you know, just to, to, to get them ready for what may be asked. Um, this pool is there to provide um, whatever is needed, it, it, you know, whether it be an outbreak or injury uh, and what have you. So, um, but there are little things along the way we have to figure out who's, who's going to be affected. Um, are there more, more players and staff that are, that are affected? And there, there's the tracing, um, those types of things that, that need to happen for, for just player safety to be able to move forward. So, um, you know, I hope that we're able to navigate all this uh, as smoothly as possible. Um, but the reality of, of this is, is there are some unknowns. Um, and, and I think, you know, if there are too many of these things that pop up along the way, I mean, who, who knows what's in store. But once again, you know, it's my job to, to get these guys ready to play some baseball if that's tomorrow or the next day. Chris, uh, do you feel more like a general on the front lines in, in a war, which, is, which this is for everybody in this country, rather than the uh, director of player development? Uh, you hate to, to make a war comparison, but um, I guess, you know, with that analogy, you have to be prepared for anything. And, and, and certainly, you know, we've got a support system in place, whether that be staff and, and certainly the players um, to, to help along the way with whatever happens. I, yeah, I can't say that, I, that I've been through anything like this before, nor have the players or staff. Um, but, you know, you, you just try to keep these guys prepared and, and uh, our players and staff so far have, have really approached things, I think, in the proper manner. Um, 
and then you, you just wait for guidance from from above or from MLB with what, what the following steps are. Hey, hey, Chris, I saw a stat the other day about Luis Robert that just absolutely floored me that at this point, and this was uh, on the 30th, the morning of the 30th, 244 hitters in baseball had seen 50 pitches or more and the lowest rate of fastballs, four seamers and two seamers sinkers, was Luis Robert. The lowest rate, 30.5%. So pitchers have been attacking him with off-speed stuff, and he's still hitting the ball hard as much as he is. Um, does that surprise you in terms of his development that you have watched and been kind of in charge of um, from an offensive perspective? We know about the other skills, but being able to hit the ball hard when they're going after you with that much off-speed is pretty amazing for a rookie. <laughs> No, it is. I, I saw that statistic last night uh, while watching the game. And um, is, is it surprising? I, I would say slightly. Uh, I knew that he was going to be challenged um, just because, you know, when a, a guy like that steps into the box and certainly there, there's, there's enough history to, to tell anyone that, you know, as an opponent preparing for, to face Louis Robert, hey, this guy can do some damage. Um, you know, I've been impressed with how he's handled the, the major league transition, and that goes back to game one. Um, you know, you, you have an idea on how he's going to be challenged, and I, I would say that, you know, the, the other teams have, have attacked him, um, you know, in, in a way that I think was somewhat predictable. However, I didn't, I didn't think that he was going to be uh, attacked necessarily with, you know, so much off speed and, 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 you know, pitches out of the zone, and that just speaks to – his, his adjustments that he's made um, and the calmness that he's bringing to the table. So, uh, and, and then once again, you know, the, how he's squaring up some pitches right now. I mean, he, the guy just, we know the ability to hit the ball hard, but he's doing it consistently. He's making good decisions. He hasn't gotten outside of his approach at all. And that, which is, you know, natural for young players to do. And the, and the fact that he's, he's really not doing that, um, it's just a testament to what he's capable of doing. It's, it's been fun to watch. We, we, we know what he's capable of doing, and for him to show it this early in his career uh, is even more encouraging. White Sox Director of Player Development, Chris Getz, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here with you every week, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball from 9 to 11 on the score. Chris, uh, Nick Madrigal, uh, he wouldn't go away uh, happy. He came back happy from his six days of or seven days being down in uh, in uh, Schaumburg and away from the team. Uh, your, your thoughts about just the feistiness of uh, Madrigal and us seeing that, uh, you know, uh, eschewing, uh, shaking hands with Rick Renteria when he was told he was going to Schaumburg first and then coming <laughs> back and uh, showing, uh, you know, th that type of uh, grit you know, back on the field in his first major league game yesterday? Well, you know, certainly, uh, you know, that's how he was advertised, you know, as a college player. Uh, the pestiness, the ability to, to, to square up pitches and, and just put, up to, put together a quality at bat, um, let alone what he does on the defensive side, base running, just game, game awareness overall. Um, you know, as he got his feet wet in professional baseball and last year was his first full season you know he showed that at three levels last year um you know came into spring wanting to impress certainly wanted to make the club i think he 
admittedly would tell you that he was trying to do too much. Um, you saw him kind of out of character at times, mm-hmm. uh, both at spring training 1.0 and then at 2.0. Um, and then that meeting, the, the exit meeting, when he found out, you know, and understandably was disappointed of not making the club. You know, I was in, I was in the room when we delivered that, that news. And, you know, I, I can't say I was surprised uh, with, with him not wanting to shake hands um, because that's just the competitor that he is. Um, love that. You know, and, yes, love that. and then two, day, two, two days ago when we, uh, you know, delivered the news that he was going up, uh, you know, you've got guys that, that are hugging everyone, not that we want to be hugging anyone or high-fiving. Uh, you know, he was, it was more, you know, what were you guys waiting for? You know, let's go. And that's, that's, that, that's just, that's, that's just who great. he is. He, his, his expectation level is just so high. Um, and I, and I think that's going to, that, that's certainly going to, uh, work to his benefit. So, you know, he got through his game last night. I thought his at-bats were solid. Uh, you know, the first game is a big leaguer for anyone. It's, it's, uh, it's quite an experience. Um, but he helped us win a ball game. You know, he really did, whether it be him squaring up some pitches, making plays defensively, just the uh, what he brings to the table uh, for our pitchers, knowing that he's there at second base. Um, he's just a stabilizing force and look forward to watching him, uh, you know, as things progress. Hey, Chris, listeners and baseball fans in this town are so well-versed in the service time rules because of the Chris Bryant situation and the grievance and, and everything that took place. Is that is that rule a part of the backdrop of what was going on in Nick's mind? And, and it, does it create awkwardness for you to deal with because you're obviously in the corner of these players, but then sometimes rules like that get uh, get in the way and complicate things in the mind of players? I mean, we certainly are aware that that type of discussions are going on and a level of skepticism. But in the case for for Nick, I, I think you can just kind of point to uh, what he was trying to do in in you know this in summer camp or spring training, and uh, you know he he was pressing, and, and there were things that we wanted to work on. And you know, as as the you know we got into our first game of the season, and we're watching this team. Um, and certainly we, we had a plan for Nick when, when, you know, he was told he wasn't making the club. So he comes to Schaumburg and we were able to provide, you know, work that we felt like w- would help get him comfortable if, you know, if and when that day comes for him to help the ball club. Because, you know, there were some things that we wanted to focus on. And a lot of it was, you know, uh, hunting his own pitch, creating ry- rhythm in the box, things that I felt like, you know, he was getting away from. He was getting away from his strength. So, we went to work day one, uh, and Nick took to it. Um, and you know he was having some really good at bats. I know it's it's a little uh, it's a little different not playing, let's say, real real baseball, real mm-hmm. I should say, uh, real ball games, um, playing competition that we're accustomed to seeing at a AAA or AA level. Um, but we're still getting at bats, and we're still we still have intent and purpose with with what we're doing on a daily basis and. You know, those results were showing, and, you know, we felt like there was a need at our major league level based on what we had seen So, uh, and felt that Nick was going to help with some of the things we identified as, as perhaps a, an issue. So, um, you know, he's, I feel like he's going to help us win some ball games, plain and simple, and, and, and I'm glad he's up there. Chris, uh, in closing with you, Matt and I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for hopping on today. 
Um, I, I look at you like, um, you know, uh, maybe someone, a very young guy like uh, uh, A.J. Hinch's career, uh, going through player development, um, being a player, and then being a uh, high-quality manager. Um, do you have any aspirations for doing other things in the game? Would you manage down the road? Uh, is that and ever popped into your mind, or are you content uh, where you're at and where you're going in the front office? You know, what's been offered to me here is a job that I really enjoy. And and I think at times, you know, people can lose sight of what's in front of them. So it's important to just sink your teeth um, with what the organization is asking you to do. And that's to, to help the player development system here, plain and simple. Um, do I have aspiration, aspirations? Sure. Can I, can I specifically tell you uh, that I want to do this or want to do that? I mean, I, I guess, but that that's really not my job. I want to be uh, evaluated with the job that I have in front of me, and if that means that they want me to do something different down the road, so be it. But uh, I really enjoy what I'm doing, and if that means that leads to something different down the road, that's fine. But right now the White Sox have asked me to do this, and I enjoy doing it. Hey, Chris, i got to ask you real quick about Garrett Crochet. Uh, how does he look, and in this crazy season when – there are no minor league levels at which to play, and uh, you might find yourself in it. Uh, what's the temptation? What's the possibility for him helping the big league club? Well, I tell you what, you know, he's, he's, he's thrown four side sessions now. And, you know, to be honest with you, there's definitely pieces of the environment that we're given right now that I really like. Um, hmm. And part of that is just being able to slow some things down and really focus on some instruction. Uh, we certainly have a lot of history on Garrett Crochet. Uh, but really you need to get in front of them and start working with them to get a strong understanding of what those needs are going to be to, to make him a, an impact major league pitcher. Um, from what he's done from day one to, to today has been really impressive, um, whether that be delivery-based, uh, pitch development. Um, you know, he's really taken to the instruction on a daily basis. I, I tip my hat to, to the guys that we have uh, surrounded him right now, but this guy, we've got a, a big lefty. He's athletic. Uh, you know, he's, he's got three pitches right out of the gate. Um, it's a power pitcher. It's a presence. You know, as being a, you know, a former player, uh, a position player, a left-handed hitter, I, I, I can't say that I would be too comfortable right now facing him. Um, you know, he, he's definitely uh, bringing something to the table right now that would definitely strike some fear in some major league hitters. Um, but it, but it's my job, it's our job to, to make him uh, the best player that he can be. But what we've seen so far has been very encouraging. Does that mean he helps us this year? I, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. He hasn't, he hasn't faced hitters quite yet. So uh, we've designed a, a work plan for him to, to get as many side sessions in as possible, and eventually we'll start building them up more. But it's been fun to watch so far. Chris, thanks a ton for uh, jumping on with us. Keep up the great work. Let's hope that baseball continues on. Uh, everybody's concerned, but I know the White Sox, Cubs, and all the teams are doing their very best to uh, make sure that it stays a safe environment. Thanks again for joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. You got it, guys. Good luck with everything, and have a great day, and I always appreciate coming on with you guys. Yeah, thanks, thank Chris. you very much. Hey, uh, we got we to gotta hit a break. Uh, Len Casper joining us next. We'll continue to talk to you. Story of the day that the Cardinals uh, game has been canceled in Milwaukee. The Cardinals, uh, we uh, are hearing staff-wise, maybe upwards of five people 
uh, have uh, tested positive. We'll continue on that. It's Matt Spiegel. It's Bruce Levine. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. The bases are loaded, two away, 0-2 the count on Hayward. The pitch by Turley. He serves one into right for a base hit. Bryant comes in, racing around third and coming home is Schwarber. He will score easily, advancing to third is Contreras. A clutch two-run single by Jason Hayward puts the Cubs up four to nothing here. It's in just the fifth a reminder inning. that we all need is to continue to have fun. You know, it's going to be cliche, but it's at the end of the day, you know, we're all going through something that's that's very weird. It's it's a different time, uh, but we got to continue to remind ourselves to go out there, have fun, enjoy competing. And the camaraderie that we have is you know, something that I don't take for granted. You know, it's it's not always easy to have that. It takes time to build. Um, but these guys know that you know, we have an opportunity to play baseball right now and, and we show up for work every day. We work hard, but but we got to have fun. So it's just nice knowing that you got that up there each at bat, feeling like the whole team is with you. Boy, that's thoughtful stuff as always from Jason Hayward. It's Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine. Here on Inside the Clubhouse, it's a Hayward two-run single from last night, courtesy right here at the score. And then there's Jason talking about the camaraderie of the team, but also the realities of playing baseball within a pandemic. These guys have each other's back during the game and off the field, Bruce, in terms of doing what's necessary to try and control the virus as, as best they can. Absolutely. And our next guest can uh, help us walk through some of that as uh, we are uh, pleased to bring in our good friend Len Casper, the voice of the Chicago Cubs on television on the Marquee Network. Good morning, Lenny. How are you today? Hey, Bruce, Speaks. How are you guys? We're, We're doing We're uh, quite well. Uh, um, obviously, there's some concern out there, uh, once again, about uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and some positive tests within their organization. Uh, some staff members is being are being... Uh, we are being told by John Heyman and others that uh, upwards of five may have been po- positive uh, tests for the coronavirus. Your thoughts about where baseball's at in this uh, last week of the season and um, how we can uh, hopefully march through this? Yeah, it's it's scary. I, I don't know uh, where we're going or where we're headed. Uh, it you often hear, let's just take it day to day, but man, is it really true here in 2020? Uh, assuming the Brewers and Cardinals don't get their games in, it's going to be almost three dozen cancellations already in about 10 days mm-hmm. to start the season. Uh, the, the Marlins, we don't know where that thing is headed. Uh, the Phillies haven't played in about a week. Uh, the Blue Jays still haven't played in their home away from home. Uh, this thing was in the east, and now it's in the central. So, yeah, I I, I think it, everyone is taking it seriously, and it may not matter. Uh, so I, I just am going to enjoy every minute I have at the ballpark, understanding that things can change incredibly quickly. Um, I, I uh, Number one, it's about health and keeping everybody safe. Not only within the game, but people around it who do come into mm-hmm. contact uh, with those in the in the quote you know 30 bubbles of team travel. But beyond that, guys, I, I think there's a competitive balance part of this that's starting to get 
uh, a little a little itchy for me. Uh, the Marlins have played three games. I've seen some people suggest they should just shut down their season, uh, reimburse them for the money they would lose for their TV, and call it a day. I, I, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't know how you take one uh, of 30 teams in this sport and just say, you know, go have a nice vacation. Uh, I think it's either everybody or nobody. Uh, that's how I feel. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Some of the things that have been thought about, some of the things that have already been implemented. It's adapt or die, and I appreciate that. But where is that limit? Where is that line? I I, I had thought about that, you know, just eliminating the Marlins year, and you give everybody two out of three uh, in the schedule for what your games would have been there, uh, or or you just don't deal with them, and you have the the disparate numbers of games. They're they're, they're obviously willing to do that. Seven-inning doubleheaders, um, crazy amounts of rescheduling. When does competitive integrity get lost? I think if, uh, as you say, the East and now the Central get massively affected, it's like, well, it better happen out West or else we're, <laughs> we're not competitively balanced. I, I don't know what the limitations are, though, frankly, for Rob Manfred and, and the owners. I think they're, they're committed. We had John Heyman on. He said they thinks he thinks baseball will try to withstand a second team outbreak if that is indeed what we're dealing with with the Cardinals. He thinks they'll try and withstand it and move forward. Do you do you suspect that they will? Well, you know, I'm conflicted. I mean, yes, I do. Considering what has happened since the start of summer camp and all the positive tests uh, and the cancellations we've had, I think if you compiled all the things that have gone wrong uh, on that front uh, and and passed them along, you know, on a piece of paper uh, three weeks ago, I think the three of us would say, ooh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see how a season could happen. But we've, we've plowed through it. So mm-hmm. uh, part of me thinks that we will continue to play through it, and, and I'm loving being at the ballpark and, and being on the air with J.D., and we were having a blast. Um, but then I look at some of the daily uh, death totals, and, you know, it had gotten down to 400. 300, which is still awful, but we're now back up over a thousand, up to 1,500 a day, mm-hmm. and with people needing testing, I just, I'm starting. As I said, uh, the word is itchy. I'm, I'm starting to feel some anxiety mm-hmm. about how this is feeling during what everyone who's an expert continues to say is still the first wave of this thing, and we still have may have something worse around the corner. So yeah, I'm very concerned. That's uh, Len Casper, the voice of the Chicago Cubs on Marquee and the Cubs television network, along with J.D., does such a great job every day doing all the games. Uh, Lenny, um, I guess my statement and then my question to you is, uh, I'm at the ballpark like you guys are for the home home games. Then I've been at home watching the away games. And the product on radio and television is a million times better uh, on television and radio than it is um, at at the ballpark where uh, you guys really have to create an awful lot of energy yourselves in these broadcasts because there's nothing going on in the ballpark other than those guys down in the field and uh, 12 of us in the press box and you guys uh, doing the television and and Pat and... uh, and Ron and Zach doing radio, and it's just, uh, it's so much better watching it than it is being there, at least for me. I wonder 
what your thoughts are and, and how you do create that energy to, uh, to do what you guys are doing right now. Well, that, that's what I would add to the last um, uh, question and answer is that I, I do feel it's a public service. And, you know, trying to, to preserve and conserve what we've done and accomplished to this point uh, as an industry, I think, should be applauded. And I, I think people are craving that as part of their daily routine. Uh, so that's part of the reason why, you know, I hope we can make this thing work. Uh, I have talked to so many people outside uh, of the ballpark uh, who recognize me even through the mask, uh, and they unsolicited come up and stand six feet away and say, it's so great uh, to, to have your voice and, and, and the sights and sounds of baseball in my living room. It really means a lot to me. I've had a lot of people say that. It's incredibly heartening, and I don't take that responsibility uh, lightly. I think it was sorely missed uh, in the first four months of what would have been the regular season. Uh, and then beyond that, um, selfishly, uh, I'm working with some amazing people at Marquee Sports Network. Both of you guys know a lot of these people because you've done uh, a bunch of Cubs 360 shows. Uh, they did amazing work during the shutdown, basically all online and, and created all this content. But they're all here because they love baseball and they want to produce and direct and and shoot baseball games and that's what we've been able to do and so i've just asked uh, our audio people you know give me as much sound from the ballpark as i possibly can get not only when we're at home but when we're on the road and and we're sitting in the booth at wrigley and the cubs are in cincinnati or pittsburgh or wherever they are uh, that the more uh, ambiance i can get of the ballpark and even the pumped in crowd noise the better that is for my energy and the more it puts me in a, in a normal, uh, comfortable place that reminds me of doing games with fans. I said it last night, the moment it hit me how much we miss the fans is when Baez laid down the bunt and mm -hmm. Williams overthrew first base. I mean, that would have been a galvanizing moment for the crowd at Wrigley Field because they love Javi Baez, they love his energy and what he brings. And there, that moment, there was there was the buzz of the of the fake crowd, and there was some you know volume that went up, but it's just not quite the same. And I think it's up to us as broadcasters to to bring that energy to the to the game and the broadcast. Well, it's it, it's amazing to hear you talk about the process because I got to tell you, even though. You know, I, I know what kind of work goes into it, and I know what kind of challenges there are. When I watch you and JD do a game, it feels incredibly comfortable and familiar. The, the delivery, the the patter, the banter, the, the everything, and even just the feel and the sounds. It's just, it, and it is, it has been incredibly um, heartwarming to have back uh, for eight days, nine days, ten days, whatever it's going to end end up being, and hopefully more. What have you What have you noticed and and felt when you get that ballpark sound? When you hear the dugout as much as you have, we all had so many expectations about what David Ross's return would mean for the interpersonal dynamic with that team. They're obviously so plugged in every pitch, every at-bat, and you can tell with the results and with the process. What are you picking up as you hear the dugout alive like it is? Well, it sounds like a David Ross team, and he will not take any credit for all the energy and, and, and all the stuff you hear, but that's the kind of player he was. And you didn't hear him encouraging his teammates in the dugout 
when he played because we had crowds and that stuff was drowned out by other uh, natural noise in the ballpark. Um, I don't know, and I, I, you know, nobody's told me that he specifically said anything to the group. Uh, if just his his old teammates picked up on that that vibe that he wanted to create, um, he's giving all the credit to his players for it. Um, but it has a David Ross feel to it. Um, I, I Bruce can tell you, you know, being in the clubhouse many times before a 120. Uh, start after a late night game and all of a sudden you hear David Ross's booming voice, you know, come on boys, let's go, let's get excited, here we go, we got a big league game today. And that's what that atmosphere in the dugout feels like and it, it seems infectious, man. I don't know, you know, obviously when you're being shut down by Sonny Gray, we didn't hear a lot of that in Cincinnati, so it's coming from the good results on the field, um, but if that feedback loop can continue, I'm all for it. Lenny, uh, the uh, suit and tie uh, is something that some of uh, Chicago uh, people and critics have uh, had to get used to here. Your, your thoughts about uh, uh, being on marquee, uh, looking great, by the way, every day, you and, uh, and JD and, uh, in suits and ties. But uh, getting used to that, what, what is that like? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I agree and I appreciate your comment. Uh, I'm loving it. I, I think we look fantastic. Uh, I'm enjoying the new look myself. Uh, I love the vibe of the graphics. I think the entire presentation uh, of Marquee Sports Network is world class. Uh, I try to look as as good as I can every time I'm on camera. It's a visual medium. Uh, so the suit and tie thing is, is great with me. Um, look, if we do have oppressive weather conditions, if it's uh, in the 90s and high humidity, you may see us in the marquee polos. But uh, for the most part, uh, I like uh, cleaning up and dressing up, and it's been great. You know, it's funny. Everyone's asking me about the suit and tie. No one asks if I'm wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, ahead, Matt. Sure you know, <laughs> next next show, Matt and I are going to ask you if you're wearing pants. Okay. I'll um, give away. I'll give away. Yeah, the, I am wearing pants, and and they look oh. great. Uh, that's that's disappointing, frankly. I was enjoying <laughs> in, in, enjoying the imagery uh, there. I hey, just uh, assume the polo shirt is underneath the button down, and at some point you'll just rip the button down off to reveal the polo. At some point, if the moment. Yeah. Starts. No. I mean, uh, again, it's 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 funny. You know, the the big conversation before. The opener was, can I get the network now? It's what I'm wearing. So we've come a long way. We're in good shape, guys. Hey, Lenny, uh, keep up the great work. Like I said, the product on television, the product on radio, and I know people will, uh, you know, they'll haze me for it because I'm a part of both, uh, I think is great. So uh, I'm going to tell you that anyway. And uh, just keep the energy going because you and JD are doing a fantastic job of making it sound like a regular broadcast with 40,000 people there. And I'm telling you, that's not easy. Well, I appreciate all the support, Bruce. And then I have to tell you both, it's been fun uh, being on the air with you guys. Uh, you know, I think about uh, a really weird time in our lives, but those moments where we could be on Marquee Sports Network kind of chewing the fat on who might be the opening day second baseman. Um, that was fun, and that was a nice diversion, I think, for all of us over the last few months. Agreed. See you at the ballpark tonight. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks Len. 
It's Lynn Casper, um, the voice of the Cubs on TV. It's uh, it's been it's been a fun fun broadcast to have back in our lives, Bruce. I just uh, you're I wearing a suit and tie right now, aren't you, Matt? Uh, I am indeed. You know, you uh, I am. Mitch you, always asks us to uh, put a suit and tie on when we're doing our uh, our radio show, and I I like it. I you know I feel. I, I, yeah, it, it, it gives me a Tom Landry it. feel. It gives me a Tom Landry <laughs> feel. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, that 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 kind of thing. Like, or, and Connie Mack. Like, I'm okay with it. I, I really am. It, you know, it's it good feels... to laugh because it's good to laugh and, and be able to enjoy something we're here with all the doom and gloom that we've been talking about since we started the show at uh, nine o'clock with uh, John Heyman's report that uh, five people. Uh, with the Cardinal organization tested positive and that we don't know where that's going other than the fact that the Brewer and Cardinal game tonight has been canceled. Uh, it's good because baseball is about fun and, and this show should always be about fun and entertaining people and having a good time. Unfortunately, we have to report the news and what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And when you said doom and gloom, I thought you meant um, Craig Kimbrell's uh, fastball uh, sitting right there. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that. But uh, if we ever get back from a break... Before uh, before uh, Rosie and Mark take over, I think we'll talk uh-huh. about that. All right, good. Let's do that next. This hour right here on 670 The Score has been brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. We'll come back, wrap it up, and hand it off to Rosenblum and Grody on 670 The Score. Drill to deep right down the line. Hayward going back. This ball is going to be a home run for Josh Bell. The Cub lead now 6-2 to two as... Colin Moran drives one to deep left field. All the way back is Hap, and that ball is gone for a home run. Back-to-back home runs against Craig Kimbrell. Well, gave up those two homers back-to-back, did Craig Kimbrell last night, Bruce Levine. But then he got three outs. The bad news is that the three outs were all hit harder than the two home runs, Bruce. All five were absolute rockets well over 100 miles per hour in terms of exit velocity. Fastball was at 96, 97, just down in the zone. What a, what, what do we worry about Craig Kimbrell so, uh, in uh, here, terms of right now? Here's what I'll give you on this. The last sure. time out uh, against Cincinnati, he threw, uh, I don't know how many, but probably in the teens numbers of breaking 15. balls, and, and, they, and they didn't swing at any of them, right? right. So tonight, right. with a little cushion... He was his intent was to go there and establish the fastball, and that he did. So yeah. uh, again, uh, that is now if you believe in develop player development for a Hall of Fame quality pitcher who needs to get his swerve back, uh, I think that's what you saw last night. Not making mm-hmm. any excuses for it, not saying that he solved his problem. Uh, no, I'm just telling sense. you. I'm just telling you that uh, this is exactly where he went last night. So. Uh, is, are the Cubs out of the woods, and is he straightened out? I'm not. I'm not reporting that at this point. No, no, but look, that makes all the sense in the world. If the dude needs to get comfortable with the fastball and spotting it and try to get that ride, as Ross calls it, that carry on the four-seam fastball, I get it. Um, my, he can't live down there in the zone. Is is my thing. It's like. He always has been a guy who lives towards the top of the strike zone and above it and gets guys to swing under it. And lately he has been all too willing to live down there in the zone with that fastball. So I don't See, understand uh, yeah, what's going you're on there. Right. You're right, Matt, hundred uh, percent. But what happens is there's a vulnerability, both physically and mentally for a closer. 
And that is when you have the perception that your stuff is so good that you're unhittable, like Kimbrell has had for the first 10 years of his career, um, mm-hmm. you get the tendency of, 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 the, of the offense being on the defense and, and making bad swings and, and getting behind an account on pitches that are out of the zone. We saw it with Carlos Marmal during, uh, when he went from a great closer to a suspect. Uh, the fact that they lay off of that really great stuff that aren't strikes, and all of a sudden the pitcher is in the 3-1, uh, 2-1 hole, and it's a whole different game when you have to throw a strike, a real strike, rather than mm-hmm. a perception of a strike with a great breaking ball and a great rising fastball. And you identified it perfectly, the idea you cannot live with a fastball, no matter how hard you throw it, down in the zone because that will get murdered by today's hitters. So uh, I think this is what we're watching, this up and get up and back with Kimbrell trying to regain that confidence. And hitters who are very smart and coaches on other teams who are very smart and uh, me- metrics people are very smart telling you exactly how to approach Craig Kimbrell right now. Yeah, and, and this ties in to the, 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 the idea of the changeup because the overall big picture is maybe admitting that you're not infallible and adjusting, that your stuff is not unhittable and adjusting, and then somehow getting that confidence back. It's an incredibly difficult thing. A lot of pitchers can't do it late in their yeah, career. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we saw Randy Myers, we saw Lee Smith, we saw countless closers throughout their career continue on to 350, 478 saves uh, after they lost their fastball because they, they knew how to pitch. Okay. Yes. And they knew how to grab the corners. And Kimbrell, as you said, was working on a changeup to add to the repertoire just to change the eye level of the hitters so that everything hard across uh, and hard up, mm-hmm. you, you're, not, you're not moving the hitter's eyes. And Ron Coomer, uh, our, our great color commentator on uh, Cub Baseball, he was the one that, uh, that told me about this, that this is exactly what uh, they need to do to, for Kimbrell to, to use that other pitch, to use these pitches that appear to be strikes down just to change uh, the comfortability for the hitter up at the plate. Yep. So it's a, if it was a normal baseball season, we'd have so much to dissect with stuff like this. But as it stands, we cover the biggest stories, um, which today is the cancellation of the Cardinals and Brewers and the the possible uh, dismantling of some more Cardinals games and what that might mean for MLB. That part was not fun. A lot of the rest of it was, though, Bruce. A great job by Adam Stadzinski, our great producer. Matt, great having you back as well. We have people to thank. Len Casper of the Marquee Network. Uh, Also, Jason McLeod, uh, Vice President of Personnel for the Cubs. And Chris Getz, the Director of Minor Leagues for the White Sox. Matt, have a great week. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, as well as on our website, writing Sox and Cubs at 670thescore.com. And I'll be solo on Hit and Run tomorrow morning from 9 to 12. So come back for more baseball tomorrow morning. Rosenblum and Grody are next right here on The Score. Have a great day, everybody. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. 
Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.